Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Michael Reed on LMFM. Uh, this week is uh, Palliative Care Week, uh, a week uh, which aims uh, to highlight uh, the important care that uh, can be given through palliative care. But how would you feel if your doctor said they wanted to recommend palliative care for you or for one of your children? A lot of people would be very concerned, according to a survey that has been conducted in line with this year's Palliative Care Week. Let's talk to Alison Cashel, who is a clinical nurse coordinator for children with life-limiting conditions. Good morning to you, Alison, and thank you indeed for joining us on the programme this morning. It seems as though a lot of people would respond very negatively or they'd be so concerned that they'd be sort of asking, how long have I got? Yes, I think that you're right. I think that there is um, a real conception out there that when people are referred to palliative care, it really means that the end is nigh. Um, and I suppose we're working hard to try and change that opinion for lots of people. Um, the research out there tells us that really the earlier people are referred to palliative care, um, the better their symptoms are controlled and this is a better quality of life that they have. Mm. Um, I suppose in my role, I would see that I'm linked in with families from an earlier stage, so often at diagnosis, and that means that we're able to build a good relationship with these children and their families. Um, And so when the difficult time comes, we have a good relationship with them and we're able to work well with them um, and plan goals, I suppose, which Mm. is a big part of our a big part of our job. Do you mean that uh, you start that relationship before there is the need for palliative care, but you know that that will be needed in time because of the diagnosis? Absolutely, exactly that. Mm. So with a life-limiting condition, we know, unfortunately, that they may have a certain um, illness trajectory. And sometimes we, we can we can see that it's maybe shorter or longer, but either way, um, it gives us an opportunity to build that relationship and build that level of trust um, between ourselves and the children and their families. And why is it difficult to build that level of trust? Or to put that a- another way, why are you working with people before the need for palliative care? Um, I suppose there's a couple of different uh, reasons. One of them is that people really, they, I suppose they do associate palliative care with that very last piece, so they are very anxious about our involvement. Mm. Um, but once we're in um, and, and we get to know the families and they get to know us, they can appreciate that a lot of the work that we do is around symptom control um, and improving quality of life. Mm. Unfortunately, we won't be able to change the quantity of their life, but if we can make whatever time they have as comfortable um, as possible, that's really what we're looking to do. That's our goal. Mm. 
and that can run for quite a long period of time depending on the circumstances I mean I suppose there's two sides to this if you're in need of palliative care you are particularly sick and probably have a life limiting condition but that limit could be a number of days, weeks, months or many years in some circumstances. Yes, exactly right, Michael. Um, So a number of the families that I would work with now, unfortunately, some of the the families I work with the time is quite short, but for for many of them uh, I've worked with for for years, um, you know, and it it does mean that they have have somebody to call on um, if they run into trouble. But I think for a lot of families, yeah, in every circumstance that they do think that it's, it means that it's close to the end when palliative care get involved but we do we're trying to really we're working hard to try and change that myth that it's not just about the end it's about the whole um, illness and living well mm. for as long as possible with that illness Okay well tell us a, a little bit more about the type of work that you do because uh You've been a godsend, I'm sure, to so many people because you've been working with children for seven years and helping them from diagnosis to their life-ending time on this earth. But I'm sure that you deal with many, many problems. Pain relief, obvious, obvious when we talk about palliative care, but there's a lot more to it than that, isn't there? Absolutely. There's not just physical pain. There's also the, uh, another element of emotional pain that comes with the prospect, particularly for parents of, you know, their child dying. Um, and there's a, lot, there's a lot of work we do around that. And preparation for bereavement is a big part of our role as well. Um, I think my role, um, I work for the hospital, but not in the hospital. So there are um, a number of us around the country and we support families at home um, to spend as much time at home as possible with their families um, and try to avoid hospital, unnecessary hospital admissions where we can and managing those symptoms at home through the expertise of the palliative care team both in the hospital and within the community teams is a big part of our role and coordinating all the services. There are so many wonderful organisations out there that support these families as well. Mm-hmm. So it's great to have everybody together and working together and that's really what our, our role is about is to try and improve um, any kind of um, life for these children that you know make mm. them as, as joyful and as happy as we can for mm. the time that they have yeah, pain relief uh, in itself can be very complicated you have it right one day and the next day it's completely wrong and it needs to be changed and that takes the expertise that comes uh, with uh, people uh, who are working in palliative care because it is a, a very complicated process uh, but it, it's not just that it's comfort and well-being people can be in uh, these life-limiting conditions uh, and have problems eating or problems with uh, their digestion or their mobility, as the case may be. Yeah, there are lots of different elements to it. And like, I suppose pain, pain relief is a big part of it, but like you say, there are lots of different issues that come with the various illnesses that we, look, we manage um, with these children. Um, and we work, I suppose we try to be creative where we can, and work with the children and the families to try and ensure that their comfort is is what's at the fo- the foremost of everybody's minds. And we do rely heavily on our our, our the experts within the palliative care fields, particularly around medication management, because like you say, it can be tricky. It's very safe to use the medications that we use, but I think it is important that we are using expertise um, where we need it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, in the community. I, I, I take it that the demand uh, for treatment at home has increased uh, because of the pandemic and receiving treatment in a, a care setting uh, means no visitors or fewer visitors. 
Yeah, from our perspective, because we uh, work between the hospital and the communities, lots of families are very anxious about particularly us calling if we've been to the hospital and then calling to the homes. I, I think in more recent times, you know, we've been able to manage that uh, level of anxiety amongst families. But we, I have to say, between all the various organisations and the charitable organisations, we haven't had any um, particular issues in caring for these children at home, that everybody's really pulled out all the stocks to look after these children at home where we can. Mm. Um, and, you know, that goes for, you know, there's so many people involved. And it, it, despite the pandemic, and all of the anxiety that comes with um, with COVID, we have been able to manage a lot of these families at home, which has been fantastic and a testament to all the professionals mm-hmm. involved. How do you do it? I have to say, I absolutely love my job. Mm. I love the families that I work with. They're they're wonderful people, and I don't know where they get their strength and resilience from, but mm. they're really they're fabulous families that we work with. Mm. It's uh, the satisfaction, is it, uh, of knowing uh, that uh, you've helped someone uh, to. Uh, end their lives in a comfortable way that may not have been possible had you or someone like you not been there to do it or or, or what is it that uh, makes a a person that goes into this line of work? Um, I suppose for me it's uh, it's around trying to make the worst situation a little bit easier. We won't Mm. be able to take away their pain or suffering unfortunately uh, for the the family. You know that loss, that bereavement is huge but where we can if it means managing symptoms, if we can get them to um, you know, if they have a goal or if they have something they really want to do and we can help them achieve those things, um, that makes it all worthwhile and, tr- you know, try to build that legacy for the families. And um, that's a really important part of our role and I really enjoy that part. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's many, many people who have uh, been happy to meet you and to have had you in their lives uh, and to help them uh, through very difficult times. Uh, but uh, as you say, uh, there's more to it than you think. That's uh, the theme of uh, this Palliative Care Week. Palliative Care is more than you think uh, because uh, it's not that you're going to die in the next couple of days. There are going to be people with you on a, a journey uh, which may last some period of time. Alison, thank you very much indeed for talking to Thanks us today. Thanks so much, Michael. Thank you. Alison Cashel, Clinical Nurse Coordinator for Children with Life-Limiting Illnesses. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.